Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn, joined alongside by Corey Plath. Simon Provan is off this week as he is a busy man, and he is, as some of you know, is a man that is involved in the theater, and he is busy directing a play this week at uh, the college that he works at. So no Simon Provan this week, but Corey Plath is subbing in for us today, so we are still going with the Two Up Front formation. Uh, However, Corey is more of a defender, so it's more of like a one up front with a you know, a trailing midfielder. But either way, Corey, we're excited to have you on the show. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing fabulous. I don't work tomorrow. I get to sleep in a little bit tomorrow. Isn't that the dream? Yeah, it sleep is. Sleep in on a Friday? How many people can say they don't have to go to work on a Friday? Yeah, well, I guess. I mean, it depends. I, I kind of t- well, In France, you don't have to. Well, that's because France and stuff. We're not going to bring politics into it. But we will bring in the fact of where you can find us. You can find us on Fridays right here on Sports Radio America from 3 to 6 Eastern. You can also catch us on Live 365 and tune in. And then on demand anytime you want on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and on Spreaker.com as well. And if for you out there that are watching the show on Periscope, thank you. Hello to all of you on Periscope. We look forward to seeing your comments and other uh, random things that you throw at us. There's always a, a few rogue commentators I've noticed. When, in my time with Periscope, uh, the other show that I do for Sports Radio America, you've always got that one guy yeah. that decides to either swear or just you know go, go rogue on you, and you're just like, all right, and we're done. So keep your comments appropriate, please, because we, this is a family show, and people watch this broadcast, and you know they go back and watch it, and they listen to the show. So... But if you do have anything insightful to say, please let us know. You can also find us, though, on social media. On Facebook, we are 2UpFront. And then on Twitter, we are at 2UpFrontSoccer. You can follow me at Baxter Colburn. Simon Provan, my co-host, who is normally here but is gone this week, like I mentioned earlier, is at Simon Provan. And then stepping in, my co-host tonight, Corey Plath. You can find him at CPlath10. Well, Corey... It's an exciting time. Soccer world is buzzing along. The MLS playoffs are right around the corner. The Champions League is in full throttle, and Jurgen Klinsmann has named his 35 men that will uh, be whittled down to the official roster that will take on Mexico in October. But before we get to any of that, we need to show a little love to the women of the soccer world. But 
the only reason we're talking about them right now is because they're not being shown some love. There was an announcement that came out by EA Sports today that they have removed 13 women's national team players from FIFA 16. For those of you that don't know, FIFA 16 will be featuring for the first time ever 12 women's national teams, which, first of all, is a massive step in the right direction mm-hmm. for women's soccer, and I think that that is huge. How do you, how do you feel about that, Corey? Well, to like you said, to add that women's side of it is just it's huge. Um, it, it shows how um, FIFA and EA Sports, I guess, um, who who owns the FIFA brand, mm-hmm. is uh, progressing. It and is to um, and recognizing that the women's soccer realm is a huge part of it. And I think after, especially after the last number of World Cups in which the U.S. women have played well, it's they're they're definitely noticing that it's a huge. Uh, a huge turn in 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 viewership. It is. It absolutely is. And I've I had the opportunity to play FIFA 16 uh, last week. I got the opportunity, got the demo on my computer. Uh, I'm a PC FIFA gamer. Never got into the whole Xbox, PS5, 6, 43, whatever they're on now. But it was so weird for the first time playing with the women's national team. I'm like, wait, okay, yeah, I'm I'm playing FIFA. That's cool, awesome. FIFA 16, okay, even better. But I'm playing, this is, I'm controlling Carly Lloyd right now. I'm controlling Abby Wambach right now. Like, it was a surreal feeling. And to see them, you know, CGI'd on there, I was like, whoa. Like, it, it's really cool. Yeah. But the sad part about it, though, know, like we were talking about, the um, EA Sports has removed 13 players, women's players, from FIFA 16 because in order to preserve their NCAA eligibility. And I get it. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. You don't want, the, the reason that the NCAA is concerned is because, uh, these are current and future student-athletes that are featured in the game will lose their risk to play in college sports. Um, of the t- players that were removed, there were six from Canada and Mexico, respectively, and one from Spain. Now, EA Sports is not thrilled. They've come out on the record and said, we do not agree with this position. You know, All rights were secured following the standard protocol with national governing bodies and federations, and none of these NCAA student-athletes or potential student-athletes were to be individually compensated by EA Sports for their inclusion in the game. Nobody, like, they're not getting paid. They're not, these mm-hmm. athletes are not getting paid to be in this game. It is the first time women are being featured in this game, but they're not shelling out money and them saying, hey, you're in this video game, here's some money. No, no, no offense to any of the Mexican players or the Spanish players, even some of the Canadian players. Most of the people have never even heard of these ladies. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, and, uh, EA Sports came out and said, we believe this decision denies these 13 athletes the opportunity to represent their countries in the game, but we have removed them from FIFA 16 to ensure there's no risk to eligibility. So they do recognize that the NCAA is very particular in this matter, but you have to wonder, like, what's the harm in, in including no harm. them? Yeah, they have, they're having the opportunity to represent their nation, like you said, like EA Sports mentioned in their statement. That doesn't get to happen very often. How many times can you, as a collegiate player, say, hey... Number one, I'm in a video game. Number two, I'm representing my nation on a, on a worldwide scale, not only in the tournament, but also in the game as a whole. FIFA is one of the highest rated video games in sports world and just in the sports world and just the video game world as a whole. Now, I feel that there's been some controversy of whether or not you know the player ratings are too high for some people, but considering that you have Messi and Ronaldo and all the other guy, people in the, the men's side of the, the aspect of FIFA, you've got the, ni- the high 90s. And I think for the reason that some people are considering that the women are too overrated is because they don't understand how 
talented these ladies actually are. It's one thing to say, oh, because they're women, they're maybe a 70 overall or an 80 overall just to be nice. There are people that are high, are mid-90s that are on the women's national team, especially for the U.S. The U.S. leads in the top mm-hmm. category for all of them, rightfully so. Carly Lloyd, uh, Alex Morgan, Abby Wambach, Becky Sauerbrand, Hope Solo. A lot of those ladies are all in the top 10 for you know best players in the game, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. I mean, they've earned it. They are top players, and if you were to convert them over to the men's side, they would be the best midfielders, the best forwards, the best goalies. So take whoever you want to compare them to and just flip it over. And that's basically what you get on the men's side. Yeah, and it's uh, another thing which may be a little bit um, hard for people to understand is that you know you can't really compare you know a Cristiano Ronaldo and a Messi to a Carly Lloyd and say, well, the Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi are ten times better than Carly Lloyd. It's a men's division and women's division. You have to talk in their respective fields. You can't compare one to another and say, well, the women are related too high compared to yeah a Ronaldo and a Messi. No, I absolutely agree to you on that one and. That's the that's the comparison though. Take whoever the best midfielder in the game is right now on the men's side, and that's Carly Lloyd for the women. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Take a young, budding, upcoming forward. That's Alex Morgan. Like that's how it translates. Take Manuel Neuer, probably the best goalkeeper in the world. That's Hope Solo. Like that's that's how it translates over. So. It, I can see the argument on both sides where it's like, oh, they shouldn't be rated as high. But these women have worked hard. They've yep. worked very hard. And yes, being featured in a video game, sure, it's not their crowning achievement, but it's still a big deal. The other thing is that they made the national team. They went to the World Cup. You know, don't they deserve just a little bit of, uh, well, quote-unquote glory? I mean, they do. They did earn their way onto, they have, onto the yeah. field. They, out of all the players that are in each nation's pool... 23 of those ladies made the roster, and they earned it, and they ended up going as far as they did for the women, for the U.S., along with other countries as well. So real quickly, the official list of players that were uh, officially released from the FIFA 16 game due to NCAA eligibility uh, issues, uh, Kadisha Buchanan, Jesse Fleming, Ashley Lawrence, Yanni Becky. Rebecca Quinn, Sarah Yurka, Cecilia Jimenez, Tanya Samarzik, Greta Espinoza, Christina uh, Murillo, Amanda Perez, Emily Alvarado, and Maria Sanchez as well. So 13 players that will not unfortunately be featured in the upcoming edition of FIFA 16 due to NCAA student-athlete infringements. But at the same time, as upsetting as this is, it's FIFA. Like, the organization that's making the complaint about this. We know their track record. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to leave that there and walk away. We know how they view the women's game as a whole. I mean, come on. Seth, yeah. Bla- Seth Blatter wasn't even at the final for the Women's World Cup. Yes, that was the heat of his controversy, but still. Well, is that- it's a World Cup final. That is your duty as a FIFA president, the governing body of the soccer world, to be there. Yeah, but I hate to bring up football, but or as, as an American football, and but Roger Goodell wasn't at the opening yeah, game well, either. I think air pressure, cheating, controversy, scandals, money laundering. Yeah, but it's a little different. Yeah, and I agree that that point. But you can understand why yes. he wouldn't be there because it would distract from the game. Of course, no, I I completely understand that. Well, Corey, any other final any thoughts about this before we move into our fifty fifty segment? I think that these 
13 ladies should be included in the I game. do. I absolutely agree as well. So that's six for Canada, six for Mexico, and one for Spain. So unfortunate that they will not be in because Kanisha Buchanan is a lot of fun to watch. Love to have had the opportunity to have been able to play with her mm-hmm. on FIFA. So Absolutely. Unfortunate, but that's how it goes, unfortunately, in the soccer world. So we are going to move into our 50-50 segment. Uh, and the way that our 50-50 segment works is that Corey and I will both uh, debate a hot topic in the sports world, especially in the soccer world, because we are a soccer-specific show. And we will have 45 seconds each to voice our opinion about what is going on. Well, Corey, why don't you give us the introduction to what we're going to be debating this week? Well, um, a couple of days ago... Uh, it was there was a game between uh, Sporting Kansas City and Orlando, in which there was a little bit of controversy. Uh, Dom Dwyer got into a little bit of a scuffle with David Mateos, and there was some pushing and shoving. And Dom Dwyer came close to, um, well, because he was shorter than David Mateos, headbutting his chest area, and Mateos took it a little bit further and acted as if Dom Dwyer headbutted him in the head went on to say that it was or he was he was acting like there was blood involved yep. and and so Dom Dwyer got a straight red card and uh, that happened in the I want to say the 87th minutes yes. of the yep. game and so um that was um that was the the turning point all right, well, we are going to each take a side on this and uh, voice our opinions about it. Would you like to go first, Corey, or shall I? Why don't you go first? Okay, I will go first. Corey will be the timer, 45 seconds. We do 45 and 45, which makes up 90, which makes a soccer match. It's one of the little clever things that we try to throw in here on the show. All right, <clears throat> well, I am ready. You ready? ready? If you are, yes. All right, Mark, go. Well, I believe that uh, the suspension for David Mateos needs to be upheld. I think that he deserves to be uh, extra suspended. I know the red card was dropped against Dom Dwyer, but the fact that there was such a, an embellishment of the foul, it's clear. It's on video evidence. The committee can go back and review it. The referees can go back and view it. You see Dom Dwyer, yes, he does strike Mateos, but... Mateos immediately grabs his face. Dom Dwyer is not even tall enough to headbutt him in the face. It's physically not possible. So the fact that Mateos immediately falls to the ground, you know, writhing in pain, oh, he hit me in the face, and Dom Dwyer walks away going, like, seriously? Like, come on. There's no reason for it that Dwyer, number one, should have had his red card upheld, which it didn't, thankfully, and I'm glad that Mateos should get suspended, if not for more than just one game. All right. Time is up. Are you ready, Corey? I suppose so. Let's oh, do this. Honey Mark, get set and go. Well, um, as da- as uh, Baxter pointed out, Dom Dwyer did not have that red card suspension upheld, and Mateos, in fact, did not get any sort of punishment for this for this penalty. But when you look at it, what he's doing is he's trying to get a call in his favor. And you look at any sort of soccer match, you're going to see someone flopping, and and I guess where does the point? lie where does that line where do you cross the line in from going from uh just a, a normal flop trying to get a little extra call into oh well maybe he should get suspended mm-hmm. and that that line is so gray that it's really hard to tell and i don't think uh david uh yeah i'm sorry uh david Mateos. david Mateos. sorry well, it should be suspended at time's all. up all right you know it's funny because at that point orlando was already up Three to one. Right. I mean, come on. Let's just. At, there's three minutes left in the game. Let's just all just forget about it. Let's go home. Let's have some tea. Forget it all happened. Sporting Kansas City continues to just crash and burn. 
There's no reason for it. It was a good win for Orlando. They needed that win to keep their playoff hopes alive. So we're going to talk about the MLS playoffs a little bit later on in the show. But when we come back, we are going to be reviewing the first round of action for the UEFA Champions League and highlight some of the major talking points, especially the terrible play of the British clubs thus far. We'll be right back. This is Two Up Front. Welcome back to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn, joined alongside by Corey Plath. Simon Provan is off this week, my wonderful, amazing, talented co-host. He uh, had other more important things than being on the show, which, you know, makes no sense because soccer is life. No, it's, he has commitments. He is, he is a theater director and had such had such, said commitment this week, so I understand him needing to be there. So thank you, Corey, for filling in. Yeah, but soccer is life. Soccer is life. It's kind of like when you say something is bay, like soccer. I feel like soccer is bay. Is that I, is that is that too far? That that might be a little bit too far. Oh, come but on. but I I like where you're going with it. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Well, Corey, the opening round of Champions League play has begun. Where has been some surprises, some not surprises, some blowouts, some broken legs. Sorry, Luke Shaw. Uh, there's been all kinds of things. So uh, let's go through and review here quickly. Uh, Tuesday night's games was Paris Saint-Germain defeating Mama, Malmo. I know how to speak. Mama, blah, 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 blah. That's okay. I had that earlier. Malmo. They beat them 2-0. to zero. No, two, Not really surprised at all about that one. No. Uh, Real Madrid with Cristiano Ronaldo hitting three goals. Okay, I'm done. Three yeah. goals. Uh, they defeat Shakhtar. I want to say like shock tarts. They they beat shock tarts. Shakhtar Donetsk four zero. Uh, PSV Eidenhoven defeats Manchester United by a score of two to one. That's one of the surprising games. We had a feeling that United might be challenged in this game by PSV. Sure enough, they were, and they ended up losing as well. Yeah, and United didn't really play well either. No, they kind of flopped on on multiple occasions in which they just they just I don't know if they just gave up or if they were. They didn't expect the the uh, class from PSV, but it was. Uh, I'm proud of PSV because oh, yeah. if you know if United doesn't make it through, that is kind of a slap in the face to Louis Van Gaal, especially with how you know kind of tr- controversial their transfer season was over the summer with you know David de Gea and all the other players that they signed and didn't sign accordingly. Right. Uh, then you had VFL Wolfsburg. They defeated uh, CSK Moscow. I feel like I need to do an accent every time I say the names. Wolfsburg won 1-0. to 
which was a great victory for them. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I don't mind Wolfsburg, actually. They're kind of like my closet favorite team. I'm a little mad they sold Kevin De Bruyne, but, you know, it happens. Chelsea needed new players, I guess. So good for Wolfsburg on that 1-0 victory. Uh, Benfica defeated FC Astana by a score of 2-0. Atletico Madrid defeated Galatasaray by a score of 2-0. Atletico Madrid doing well. All the Spanish teams doing very well thus far. Juventus stealing away a victory at the bitter end against Manchester City. This game was at Manchester City as well, which I feel is huge for Juventus's momentum moving forward. Right, that's a that's a, a big slap in the face to uh beat someone on their own her, on their home turf. Yes, but I think that the fact that I'm I love Juventus. I'm Italian at home. Juventus is one of my favorite clubs, so I'm really really happy for them that they were able to get this victory, especially against City because let's be honest, Nobody likes Manchester City. No. Nobody does. Well, if, you're, if you're an NFL fan, it's kind of like nobody likes the Chicago Bears. Eh, unless you're from that area. Even then, they have a hard time because of Jay Cutler. But this is a soccer show, not a football <laughs> show. So, well done for Juventus, winning a 2-1 victory at Manchester City. Sevilla with a 3-0 victory over Borussia Mönchengladbach, or something very close to that. Where I think they call by... Glad- oh, no, Marussia Gladbach or Gladbach. Ech, I don't know. Mönchengladbach. Borussia. Yeah, Gladbach. Just... They call him Gladbach for short. So Sevilla won 3-0 on that one. The Spanish clubs, like we mentioned, continuing to do some wonderful, wonderful things thus far. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a tie, AS Roma and Barcelona. Did you get the chance, Corey, to see the near midfield goal that AS Roma scored on Barcelona? Yeah, that was pretty incredible and the, you know one of the biggest criticisms that came out of that goal is oh he wasn't trying to shoot and you you yes he was you could see it. he had the eyes looking upfield there was no forwards in any anywhere close to where the ball was heading and that was just a perfect placement i don't know if he meant to hit it exactly that's in that like location saying, that's like saying carly lloyd's midfield goal at the world cup was an accident it's like oh i'm gonna send somebody that's making a run Oops, yeah. chip the goalie from 60 out. Well, I guess I'll take it. No, I mean, the funny part about this, too, is that Carly Lloyd came out after the game and tweeted, you know, like, wow, what a goal. Mm-hmm. But she also was like, really, Barcelona? Come on. But Yeah, it was a very uh, a shocking finish, I would it say. It was. It was a very shocking finish. That's huge for AS Romo, though. Yeah, if it you really can, is. If you can hold Barcelona to one point, especially in Champions League play, where they've been so good traditionally, that is that just is miles, miles better than AS Roma probably expected to do in that game. Oh, yeah. Uh, the other the other games that we had were Bayer Leverkusen. They put a 4-1 thrashing on BAT Beruziov. Javier Chicharito Hernandez scoring a goal for his new club, as he is now at Leverkusen. So that was a good thing for the Mexican international to get a goal on the score sheet. One of the surprising games, Corey. One of the surprising games. Arsenal losing to Dynamo Zagreb by a score of 2-1. to one. But is it surprising considering how terrible Arsenal has played recently, not only in the Premier League, but just as a whole? Uh, yes and no. Um, it's, it, it is surprising. Well, I think that everyone was expect. Well, I wouldn't say everyone, but a, a majority of people were expecting them to win. Arsenal to win, yes. Yeah. I but, picked Arsenal to win this game and got destroyed because of it. But with their recent struggles, it's I'm not really all that surprised. I think they uh, they just again it was like Manchester City. They just dropped the ball. They just and, yeah. And I mean they got a, they were down two zero. Then Theo Walcott added a goal late. So there's that. Yeah. But even still, it's like 
come on. You, you'd expect a little bit better from them. It did hurt that Giroud went out with a second yellow. Yes, Olivier Giroud going out with a second yellow in the 40th minute. And let's be honest, Arsenal, they don't have a lot of depth when it comes to the striker position. So when you lose a striker to a red card in the 40th minute, you're kind of screwed for most of the... For, you know, happen at all uh let's see here what else did we have we had chad oh uh, jumping over Bayern munich beat uh olympiacos 3-0 no surprise there chelsea dropped four goals on maktib tel aviv not surprised there dynamo kiev and fc porto tying at two apiece nah that was a bit of a surprise uh leon and kaa gent with a 1-1 draw that was a bit of a surprise Mm -hmm. especially considering how good uh leon typically is Mm -hmm. And then probably one of the bigger upsets was Zenit de St. Petersburg defeating Valencia by a score of 3-2. to two. I'm curious here. I need to go and check. I made my predictions on ESPN.com and the Champions League pick them, and I want to know. Let's see. I got Real Madrid correct. I got Juventus correct. I got United wrong. I got PSG correct. I took Borussia Mönchengladbach in that game. Oh, well, got that one wrong. Got Atletico Madrid right. I got Benfica right. Wolfsburg I got right. Barcelona I technically got right because it was a draw, winner draw. Leverkusen I got right. Munich I got right. I got Arsenal wrong. Well, what are you going to do? Nobody voted for for Dynamo Zagreb, though, so yeah, take it for what it is. I got Chelsea right. I got Porto right, even though it was a draw. I got Valencia wrong, and then I got Leon correct. So I got 12 points, which is not bad. Not bad at all, considering... Um, it's if you ever want to go play, you can go to the uh, go to ESPN.com under the fantasy tab and then click on the Champions League Pick'em. Highly recommend it. They have it for NFL. They have it for all kinds of uh, different things. So one thing that needs to be focused on now. Let's uh, let's take a look through all these tables here of the UEFA Champions League. Real Madrid and Paris Saint Germain sit top uh, Group A. No surprise there. They'll both advance. Not really worried about either of them or no. that group as a whole. No. Uh, PSV Eidenhoven and V are VFL Wolfsburg, both on top of Group B with three points. If United don't make it through, how much longer does Louis van Gaal have as a manager? Do we see him all the way through January to the next transfer season, or do we see him possibly leaving earlier? Um, I would say it's probably the latter, leaving earlier. Mm. I, I could see that definitely happening, especially with the turnover in coaches. I just... Um, if you if you lose a, cha- uh, a, um, a tournament like this, and especially in a surprising fashion in which they lost their first game, yeah, it's very concerning for uh, club managers. And so you you just need to be on your best performance at each and every game, and they clearly weren't. And you have to wonder: is that due to injuries? Is that due to coaching? You know, and usually it's, it's, it's a mixture of both. But I think it's especially coaching. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with Manchester United moving forward, not only in the Premier League, but also in the Champions League, which unfortunately nowadays is where your success is defined. If you were a top club in England, no one really cares anymore if you don't win your league. It's just kind of at that point. It's like, oh, you won your league? Oh, good. You were supposed to. Right. But if you don't win the Champions League after X amount of years, people start to question how good's the coach, how good's the organization, the players, more money, blah, blah, blah. And we were seeing that with Manchester United. They haven't right. won a Champions League in almost a decade, I feel like, if not longer. could be and wrong. And they have the players to do so. They do. They do, they do. But exactly. Yeah. How do we know? But now that David De Gea is back, maybe that might make a difference. Not sure. Good goalie makes all the, makes a world of difference. Looking over at Group C, uh, Atletico Madrid and Benfica, both on top of their group with three points each. 
No real surprise there. Galatasaray no. might challenge for a second spot, but I really doubt it. Now, the considered group of death, Group D, Sevilla and Juventus, both on top with three points. I was one that came out and said that uh, Sevilla and Juventus would be that would be the two teams that get through. I know that Simon uh, voiced that he believed that it would be Manchester City that would get out, not Sevilla. I beg to differ. Sevilla has won the Euro League uh, the last uh, two years, I believe. The Europa, the Europa League, they have won the last two years, and rightfully so now have earned a place here in the finals. Well, in the Champions League. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen and technically Barcelona and AS Roma are all through at this point. However, Barcelona is technically sitting in second place in Group E. Group F is Bayern Munich and Dynamo Zagreb, both with three points since Dynamo beat Arsenal by a score of 3-0. Or, I'm sorry, not 3-0, 2-1. They have three points. Group G, you have Chelsea and FC Porto in first and second. And in Group H, Zenit St. Petersburg and Lyon are in first and second, respectively. Well, I mean, what do you? What can you really make out of any of this, Corey, in terms of different clubs, different countries that have sent teams? Spain has sent a whole batch of great, talented teams. Only Valencia lost out of all of them. Barcelona drew. Yeah. Sevilla and Real Madrid putting in dominant performances, though. Yeah, it, you know, and you mentioned this at the beginning. Disappointing outing by European teams. By England teams. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, England teams. It's like they're all from Europe, so that's, <laughs> that's unfortunate. If everybody's not well, playing well. half the well. teams did not play well. The other half, you know, played fairly well. Uh, but uh, England teams did not show up. Uh, Spain teams did. Um, it's is it, You have to wonder, is the gap going – is the gap growing between the two sides? You know, for a while there, it, Spain and, and England were fairly close to each other, and it was it, it was uh, competitive. Mm-hmm. But now you're seeing a drop off in play from some of these um, quote unquote higher uh, Premier League teams, and so you have to wonder: is are they just not putting the effort into the Champions League? Is it are they focused? I don't know on why you play? wouldn't. Champions League is considered one of the best things it is it's the best thing that you can do as a club is playing in the champions league why would you not put your all into it yeah i don't i don't understand that either and i'm guessing that's not what the situation is but you know something has to change for these yeah something has to give and i think that besides chelsea winning like you said terrible performance from arsenal terrible performance from city terrible performance from united if all three of those clubs get eliminated does that mean that chelsea's the best team in england not necessarily, no. I mean, Chelsea, we know for a fact, is not doing well in the Premier League. But like you said, there's so many different ways that teams are rated nowadays, especially when it comes to who's the best team in Europe. And even mm-hmm. the Champions League sometimes is not the best way to show it because Bayern Munich's players are different from Real Madrid's players that are different from Juventus's players. Yep. I would say the biggest surprise of, um, so far is that draw from Barcelona and Roma. And I think that... That is probably one of the biggest storylines moving forward because Roma, they look at their group. They don't have a terrible group. But now moving forward, Roma's got to have that thought in the back of their mind saying, wow, we drew Barcelona. We, yeah. have, we have a shot of getting out of this group now. Yeah, that's huge momentum. And I, you get it. You play every team twice in your group. You know, I, I totally get that. But uh, even still, there is the opportunity uh, um, to maybe silence some doubters because yeah. you look at Italy, it's Juventus, AC Milan, Inter Milan. Oh, and then there's Roma. Yeah. But this year it's AC Milan. It's Roma 
and it's Juventus that are in the Champions League. Yeah. Not either of the Milan teams. So whether or not that defines how Italian soccer is growing, yeah, I don't really know for sure. But if AS Roma gets out of Group E and either Barcelona, if Barcelona first and foremost doesn't get out of Group E, there will be massive rioting in the streets. Not only just because Messi didn't go through, but I think FIFA as a whole will be like, well, we have no point to live anymore. Messi's not playing in the tournament. Yeah, especially if Real Madrid wins. Yeah. Can you imagine how much... If Barcelona number one doesn't make it out of the group and Real Madrid wins everything, Woo! people that will be furious. Yeah, the politics that... of the FIFA world will just... Yeah. Ah, well, we're going to go to a break. When we come back, MLS News is heating up. The playoffs are right around the corner. Frank Lampard got his goal, and the MVP talk is Kai Kamara, the surefire victor. Well, we'll talk about that. There might be a few others to challenge him as well. We'll be right back. This is Two Up Front. Welcome back to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn, joined alongside by Corey Plath. Welcome back to the broadcast as we continue to scoot through the wonderful, exciting world that is soccer. Simon Provan, my normal co-host, is off for the week, but he will return uh, hopefully next week. If not, Corey will be back again in all his shining glory. You filled in great over the summer when we were talking about the Women's World Cup, so we appreciate you being back here again. Uh, with us, Corey. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's good to be back. I always love talking about soccer. It's true. It's one of the things. It's kind of like a faux pas in the United States. It's like, oh, you're talking about soccer. What are you doing? Yeah, like, I wish I could do business stuff with soccer. Some people. Oh, that's a fun. It's fun. Oh, that would be. A it's lot a lot of fun. of fun. I I do some of that right now, and it is a lot of fun. But all right, Corey, the world of Major League Soccer is crazy. It yeah. really is. Yeah, it is. And we are starting to see a better idea of who the 2015 MLS MVP might be. Now, there are several good candidates. There's several mm -hmm. fantastic candidates, to be honest. You can make an argument of it should be the top, the, the five candidates should be the top five goal scorers. Well, yes and no, but I'd say at least three of them for sure are. And then you mm -hmm. need to look at some of the top assisters, maybe some of the, you know, the goalies, etc. But the man that continues to dominate headlines is Kai Kamara. Yep. He is the first player to reach 20 goals this season. He is the 16th all-time in Major League Soccer to eclipse the 20-goal mark, and he just recently won his third 
Player of the Week award this season in Major League Soccer. He now ties Sebastian Giovinco and Bradley Wright Phillips for three Player of the Week awards in the regular season of Major League Soccer. Mm-hmm. Is Kai Kamara a sure a surefire MLS MVP winner? It's it's tough to say still. Um, Kai Kamara does have um, less shots on goal than Giovinco, as well as shots in general. So his his ability to find the back of the net on less opportunity is definitely prevalent, but you don't really see his name much on the assist column, and that's where Giovinco is one that really helps his team with 13 assists. He does, and yeah, like you mentioned, Kai Kamara, uh, 20 goals, and he has had 51 total shots on target, uh, which is fantastic. That actually speaks you know, crazy volumes of how good Kai Kamara is in terms of converting when he puts a shot on goal. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're converting, that's that's a little under half. Am I correct? It's a little under half of his shots are going into the goal out of the 51 that he's put on target. Yeah. 51 divided by 20 in math. And carry the five and subtract, <laughs> the, subtract the double zero and all of that. It's just under 40%. Okay. But even that's that's good. That's yeah, very good. That's, that's the conversion fantastic. rate that you want. Not like Giovinco who's got 100 and, well, I'm sorry, 60 shots and 17 goals. It's not it's not bad. It's a little less. It's about what 30 some percent now. Just under we're 30. jumping to 30, yeah. So, you're the numbers guy. I just talk about things. Um so obviously Kai Kamara is a name that fans are keeping an eye on in terms of how well how much he's done for the Columbus Crew this year. Sebastian Giovinco, the Atomic Ant as he is called, 17 goals, 13 assists like you mentioned, Corey. The man continues to be a driving force for Toronto, but Toronto is on a downward spiral and might possibly miss the playoffs again. Toronto's never made the playoffs in their 10 years, I believe, in the league. And you'd think this would be the year with Giovinco, Josie Altidore, Michael Bradley. And now they just can't seem to win a game to save their lives. Would they? Would a non-playoff team have an MVP candidate? Is that is that kind of a, a bad thing to have happen to the league? Or is that, a, is that okay? I, I, think it's, I think it's okay. I think it's actually good for the league to have something like that every once in a while because um, you look at headlines for any of any of the viewers who might be uh, not heavy into MLS soccer and just see the occasional headlines, majority of it is either Kai Kamara um, with the amount of goals that he has scored or yes. Giovinco with his fancy footwork. You know, just the other day he went, he nutmegged two defenders. Yeah, I guess I mean, my New England Revolution. I was a little, a little that sad was, about that. But well, it was beautiful. It was gorgeous. My goodness. I and mean, that's it, the type of player that you want in Major League Soccer. Yeah. The guy that's going to game change, you know, everything. So it's not it's not due to his play that the team is not doing well. There's so many other factors coming into play there in which Toronto is just not capitalizing on their opportunities in which Giovinco is creating for them. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree with you. Now, Corey, if you were in charge of the MVP committee – how would you judge an MVP candidate? Obviously, you can look at the stats. You can look at their worth. How would you judge you know, a, a fair way to pick an MVP candidate? I think the worst thing that you can do is just rely on solely how many goals have scored. You, you, the, that player has scored or how many assists that player has had. Or even on the defensive side, you know how many saves a keeper has had. I, it's, it's tough to judge a defender's worth in the MVP, MVP total just because they don't have that many stat lines to choose from. Mm. And they're not, they don't score that many goals. They don't have the saves to keep track of. You know, you know, unless you hear about a handball or um, the occasional goal or uh, a red card, you don't really hear about defenders much. 
So I think what it boils down to is how has that person helped the team, even if they are struggling? Has that person, if they, if you take that that player away, do they come into? Does that team do much worse than what they already are? And I think Toronto falls into that picture. Okay. And I think I think from that standpoint, Giovinco would get the MVP as thus far due to the fact that you take Giovinco out of it, Toronto. I mean, they're barely scratching mid, if that. No, you're no, you're absolutely right about that, and I think that that raises a lot of you know valuable questions about you know how good is Toronto, how good is Columbus. If you were to take away the player from those teams, how would they do? And I think that Toronto would, number one, be not be in the position there. I think Columbus, it's hard to say. Columbus has a few decent players on their yeah, roster. They have I some do. good players. I don't want to take anything away from them. However, Kai Kamara, though, the lifeblood of that team, absolutely 100%. And you do have to kind of judge it off of that worth. Yeah, you do. And it, you can't take anything away from uh, Kamara with 20 goals. I mean, to eclipse that 20-goal mark is uh, something uh, pretty rare, I would say. Yes. And to um, hit that and, you know, with multiple games left to go. Yeah, there in, is. In the season, and he's got a good chance to hit 25 even more. I wouldn't be shocked, honestly, if Kamara even breaks. Well, 30 is too much. They've got about five. I think Kamara and Columbus have about five games left in their season, so... Yeah, twenty five would be would, if if he I'm hits okay twenty five with you know with the amount of games that he has left in the regular season. This yes. is not counting playoffs. Yep, with the regular season, if he hits twenty five, then I think he's a for sure MVP. No, I'd have to agree with you on that one. Well, aside from the MVP talk, Corey, there has been one team in Major League Soccer that has been dominant. They have not lost a game since July eleventh. For those of you that don't know, today is September seventeenth. So do the math in your head accordingly, because I can't. Um, the New England Revolution, Corey, have not lost a game since July 11th. They are on a six-game winning streak, an eight-game unbeaten streak. This team is back to the same form that they were in last year, and they currently sit on top of the Eastern Conference standings. That right there speaks volumes, that they were able to climb their way up the table. DC United was top for a while. The New York Red Bulls for a while were on top. And then you see, this is the Revolution's six-game winning streak. They beat Toronto 3-1. They beat the Houston Dynamo 2-0. They beat the Philadelphia Union 1-0. They beat Orlando City 3-0. They beat Toronto City 3-1. And then they beat the New York Red Bulls, arguably the best team in Major League Soccer, 2-1. There's only five games left to go. New England now plays Montreal, Philadelphia, Chicago, Montreal, and New York City. Yeah, and I'm sure you're really disappointed by that. I am just... I'm losing sleep already. Out yeah, of how you're heartbroken. I'm heartbroken on how easy potentially that schedule is. If New England can grab even bare minimum two wins out of those next five games, I would be shocked if they don't get a top two spot. Yeah. Because the top two teams don't have to play don't play that buy in game. Now New England or New York and DC United and Columbus are all right behind in terms of point values. But New England's midfield has looked fantastic. Diego Fagundes is scoring goals in bunches. Even Juan Agudelo is starting to do pretty well again, which is yeah. great to see. And, and that's that's what you want to you want to see at this time. Yes. You know, that's, now is the time. You you want to you want to start peaking or getting to that point at this time when you don't have many games left to go, and you start finding your form. You start finding what's going to work, and then you carry that momentum into the playoffs and hopefully 
win take that championship. And I think that it's long overdue. New England has not ever won a major league major league soccer cup. They've never have. They've been there four times. They've lost all four times. And it's because of players like Fagundes that have helped them get to the finals in the past. He's mm-hmm. got six goals and four assists this year, five and four last year, thirteen and seven two years ago. So he's looking really good, honestly. Mm-hmm. But in total honesty, though, with New England playing as well as they are, do they have enough left in the tank, though, to keep to to, to keep the conversation going about them being the best team in Major League Soccer? Well, I think one thing you have to keep in mind here is they do have forty six points. They are sitting on top of the on, on top of the table in the Eastern Conference, but they have played twenty nine games, and the Red Bulls have played twenty seven. So they're with forty five points. Yes. So which does take a little bit away from. New England, but you cannot deny the the run that they currently on. Yes, I don't see it continuing all the way through the end of the season. I see I see them probably dropping one game, if not possibly a second. Mm-hmm. But New England, if they don't capture that number two seed, I, I you just have to wonder mm-hmm. what what the mentality is going into the playoffs. And the great thing about this too is that even uh, aside from getting into the first spot of the playoffs, they are only two points out from winning the Supporter Shield. Vancouver Whitecaps are on top of the Supporter Shield standings, 48 points. They've played 28 games. New England, 46 points. They've played 29 games. Um, New England, they have done a great job of scoring goals this year. They've got 49 goals four, but they have 38 goals against. And there was a long losing streak for New England in the middle of the season where they conceded goals and goals and goals and goals. So that's why their goal difference is only five. But New England has shown it. They've come back. They've battled back. There's talk of them missing the playoffs over the summer. And now they're the best team in the East. Whether or not that continues to go, you know, continues to be the case going forward, we don't know. What we're more concerned about right now, though, and in terms of the playoffs, is those bottom three teams. Montreal Impact, Orlando City, and New York. Even Philadelphia... Even... Okay. There are five teams that could still... Every team in the Eastern Conference can still make the playoffs. Which which blows my mind. That's absolutely sad. Out of the ten teams in the Eastern Conference, five teams are fighting for that last spot. Barring a massive colossal collapse from Toronto. Toronto literally just needs to win maybe like one more game and they should be fine. They should. That's that's the key word. Should. There. Now, we saw wins from Orlando mm-hmm. and New York this last weekend. Mm-hmm. Orlando with a 3-1 victory over Sporting Kansas City who continues to tumble hard in the Western Conference. And New York. New York beat Toronto 2-0. Thanks to the man Frank Lampard scoring his first ever MLS goal and then a personal fan favorite of mine, Patrick Mullins, adding a second goal for insurance because he used to play for the Revolution, and I'm really still bitter about the fact that they got rid of him, but that's completely irrelevant to the conversation. Anyway, New York and Orlando, Corey, and Montreal. Montreal has Drogba on their team. Orlando has Kaká. New York has more money than they know what to do with, yet can't <laughs> seem to get in the playoffs. Do you have a, an, a general idea of what team might make the playoffs at all? Kind of, sort of? Or is it just... Is it anybody? I mean, I feel like it's anybody's guess at this point. But. Yeah, it really is. Um, at the beginning of the year, I really thought uh, New York FC was really going to show something because they had all these various players in which were coming either overseas or, or acquiring all this talent. And they really have disappointed. 
um, their fans um, or just general MLS supporters. Mm -hmm. And they they just haven't shown much, and I have a really hard time seeing them making the playoffs. I really do. You and do, you do. Okay. It's it's I I don't see it. I see um, it being a run between Orlando and Montreal as that sixth spot. If I had to guess which way it's going to go, it's probably going to go to Montreal just from the fact that they do have a higher. Um, I don't I I don't even know if I can I can necessarily say that, but they they just they they are playing. They have more games in yeah. hand, which is nice. Yeah, they do. They have only they've only played twenty six games, and their schedule is not perfect along the stretch. They play New England, uh, Chicago, DC United, Orlando, New York Red Bulls, Colorado, Revolution, and Toronto FC to close out their season. So they have eight games to finish out the year. Orlando has a bit of a difficult schedule. The last five games: Chicago, the Red Bulls, Montreal. New York City, and Philadelphia. That game against Chicago is crucial. That game mm-hmm. against New York is crucial. The game against Montreal is crucial. I feel like Orlando, if they lose even two of those games, they're probably out of the playoff picture. Montreal so. needs to just stay consistent just enough. Yep. And, you know, if they win, if Montreal can win, if Montreal could win half of their remaining eight games, that would be huge. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that happens... I think maybe maybe three is a realistic number for Montreal moving forward. If they can, yeah. if Montreal can win three of their games out of the remaining eight, that's nine more total points. Forty-two. That, Forty-two points. That's that's not terrible. Ten points over where Orlando is right now. I, They've yeah. only got a point on Orlando right now, but Orlando's got three games on them. Right, right, and that's that's the huge thing. It is. Yeah, and and I, that's that's part of the reason why I think or, that Montreal will take that that last position on barring Toronto just completely falling off the face of the earth. Yeah. The road for the, for New York city FC is horrible. They play San Jose. Who's been just lights out in the West. They play Vancouver. Who's the best team in the league right now on paper. DC United in the East, who is just continuing to get better and better Orlando. And then they close with the revolution. So New York out of the three teams has the hardest road to get to the playoffs. Yeah, and I think the biggest, well, just looking at the standings, you look at where the top four teams of of uh, the Eastern Conference, you know, it, it's 46, 45, 45, and 44 points respectively, and yeah. that drops to 37. Whereas you look at the Western Conference, uh, the top six go 48, 47, 47, 42, 41, 41, and then it just drops from there. Yeah. It's it the, the talent in the West is so much more than the talent in the East. It is, and yep. it's you have to wonder is that going to, um, well, it's not going to. It definitely will play an impact come playoff time. Mm. And no, it, and it's it'll, it'll be an interesting final game. I I'm really looking forward to kind of seeing how the Eastern Conference shapes up because in the West, I mean, yes, there's seven teams fighting for playoff spots. Houston, yeah, maybe Real Salt Lake. Eh, I don't know about that. That's a stretch. That's a very big stretch. But San Jose and Portland and Sporting are all going to be fighting for those bottom spots. Vancouver, FC Dallas, and LA Galaxy are all going to kind of be flipping around to seeing kind of who ends up getting those top two spots, which ends up giving you that first round bye. Uh, the playoffs this year, though, I'm looking forward to it. We're only a few weeks away. However, though, not exactly sure how it's going to end up. The Eastern Conference, though, definitely way more entertaining than the West. Yeah, I'd have to say. Well, I guess the top, you have to see who wins the top. That's going to be the, that's the, that's the exciting part of it. Absolutely. But 
for the playoff race, you have to see who's going to win that fifth and sixth position. Can Toronto hold off and stop the bleeding in time? That's going to be the, the my uh, major question. I don't know. I don't know about that one. But we'll find out. We'll find out this upcoming week of action. So we're going to go to another break. When we come back, Jurgen Klinsmann has named his 35-man roster for the provisional match against Mexico in October. Winner goes to the Confederations Cup in Russia in 2017. Who did he pick? And who might he keep out of the 35? We'll talk about it. We'll be right back. This is Two Up Front. Welcome back to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn, joined alongside by Corey Plath. Simon Provan, my normal co-host, has the week off and will return next week, Lord willing, depending on his busy, crazy schedule. You think I'm busy. You think you're busy. Mm -mm. Simon is a the busiest of them all when it comes to busy, busy bees. But Corey has done a great job of filling in so far. We've talked about the UEFA Champions League, women being removed from the FIFA 16 game, and Major League Soccer News playoff picture, MVP talk, the New England Revolution. And now we move into the United States men's national team and the 35 gentlemen that Jurgen Klinsmann has called into camp that will be battling for a roster spot, which will be officially released uh, ahead of the October 10th game against Mexico in Pasadena, California. Well, Corey, four def four goalies, 12 defenders, 12 midfielders, and seven forwards. You and I are going to dive into the mind of Jurgen Klinsmann, which I feel it's like... It's a scary place. It is. I might need to pack a lunch if I'm going go. <laughs> to be gone for a long time. I'm going to get lost. Holy cow. Probably. Let's, uh, let's play Jurgen Klinsmann, and let's uh, select our roster of, I believe it's 23. That's correct. 23 gentlemen will be going to this game in Pasadena. Let's start with the goalies. We have to choose from Brad Guzan, Bill Hamid, Tim Howard, and Nick Romando. Traditionally, they take three goalies. I don't know why you would in this game. I would just take two personally. Yeah, I think all you need is two. I'm gonna just we're just gonna take two. Uh my vote is Brad Guzan and Tim Howard. Yeah, that's uh who I'm voting for too. Who would you start? Brad. Just start a, you would just start Brad Guzan? I'm starting Brad. 
Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Although I would really like to see Tim Howard just to see what kind of form he is in. True. Uh, but I don't think this is necessarily the game in which you want to test that out. Uh, no, when there's too much on the line, I, I, I wouldn't wouldn't bother, unfortunately. How many defenders are we taking with us? Are we taking six, seven? I would say s- seven. Okay, we'll take seven defenders with us. We have to choose from Ventura, Alvarado, Demarcus Beasley, Matt Beasler, John Brooks, Jeff Cameron, Brad Evans, Greg Garza, Omar Gonzalez, Michael Orzorko, Tim Ream, Jonathan Spector, and DeAndre Yedlin. Which is funny because every other day I swear Yedlin's a defender, Yedlin's a midfielder, Yedlin's a defender, Yedlin's a midfielder. I feel like a combination of Yedlin and Johnson, they just switch places. They really do. It's like, oh, if, I'm a midfielder this week. Oh, I'm a defender this week. Well, would you, would you, just, would you just make up your mind? And I think that's Klinsman. Yeah, yeah, very true. All right, Corey. Uh, well, we know the center backs are Alvarado and Beasler, mm-hmm. John Brooks, Jeff Cameron a little bit, Brad Evans, Omar Gonzalez, Tim Ream. How many of those? What do we want? Probably want three of those. I'm going to say so. We want three center backs and four outsiders? Yeah, that's what I would say. So who makes our roster? Matt Beasler gets my vote. Yep, I would agree. Okay, so we will select Matt Beasler to our team. Um, I'd say Tim Ream. Tim Ream. Yedlin on the outside. Uh, I'm a fan of Alvarado. I don't know. I, you're, you're. I don't mind him, but Simon hates him. Yeah, that's the funny part about that. That you said that. So, yeah, I, I didn't like Simon Jeff Cameron's never, play in in the last game. I like Jeff Cameron personally. I think he's very. You know, I think, but you're right though. The last his game his last game was just terrible. And if we're going off of that type of performance, sure. I don't see him. Making the roster. And making the roster. But it really is Klinsman, though. That's the hard part about all this. Right. And I'm surprised that Timmy Chandler's not on this. Yeah. Because he has considered him to be, you know, the best German player on the team, as as he says. Well, we have our three center backs. Now we need a few outside guys. Brad uh, Evans can play the outside. Demarcus Beasley can play the outside. Greg Garza. Jonathan Spector. I think Demarcus Beasley makes it as a left. Just because uh, his experience is going to play a vis- uh a vital, oh my goodness, I can't talk today. A pivotal role. A pivotal, a vital. Vital. Something that ends in all. All. all, all, all. Yeah, uh, a pivotal role in this matchup, okay. just as from an experience standpoint. Um, he still does have, um, I would say, majority of his speed. He, he does. Ha- it, Surprisingly, it has, for his age, he does. Right. And, uh, you know, you wonder with age, especially as you saw Abby Wambach in the World Cup, that, that speed just, she looked lost. In, in majority of the games, and you know you haven't really seen that from Demarcus Beasley. Granted, it's two different stories. True. Um, so I would say Demarcus Beasley on the left, Yedlin on the right. Okay. Two more spots for defenders. Um, uh, what are you thinking? Ah, uh, Brad Evans more than likely, and I feel like Most John likely. Brooks will make it in too. Yeah. To be perfectly honest. So Jay Brooks, and who did I say? Uh, uh oh no, Brad what? Evans. Wow, Garza though. <laughs> Greg Garza, I gotta go with Garza over Brad Evans personally. That would make sense. Yeah. Um, so for those of you that are just tuning in, we are going over the twenty-three players that we would select for the USA versus Mexico game. The thirty-five players have been announced by Jurgen Klinsmann, and now we are whittling it down to twenty-three of who Corey and I feel is deserving to be on this roster. So we've got nine total players on the team so far. How many midfielders do we feel that we're gonna carry, Corey? Uh what is Seven, eight? Probably, Probably eight. Probably eight, yeah. 
So if we're starting off, uh, Michael Bradley's a for sure. Are you uh, sure about that? No. Okay. Well, okay, maybe not. I'm joking. Yes. Uh, Fabian Johnson is a for sure. Um, Jazzy Zardes is a for sure. Uh, beyond, I think those are the top definitely going to be on the team. Uh, Graham Zuzzi, I think, would, would be making it. Yes. Um, you said Fabian Johnson, right? Yes. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Yeah. Um, let's see here. So, I think, well. I feel like Mix is going to make it, too. You think so? I, I mean, he does. he hasn't been playing well. But for whatever reason, Klinsman really likes him. I suppose. Um, and, and I think from that aspect, he will make it. Do we see Jermaine Jones make it? I think we probably will. I feel like we will, but my biggest question mark with, with him and Kyle Beckerman is Mexico is incredibly fast, and we saw in the last game mm-hmm. how they just look so far behind the play when they're playing against fast uh, attacking players. I agree with you. I would probably take... Uh, the, I would take Jones over, uh, Beckerman. I would agree. So I, I, Jones has my pick. Uh, looking at the rest, I mean, does Lee Wynn make this roster? Does Danny Williams? Uh, does Joe Corona? I would take Joe Corona in this game. Bedoya and Corona, or Bedoya, I feel like will make it. I, I feel Klinsman like Klinsman likes Bedoya. I don't. I really hope he doesn't play that defensive midfield again. He shouldn't. He needs to be an attacker, an outside yeah, attacking. that midfielder. was. I thought that was really uh, foolish on Klinsman's part to put him at the defensive midfield mm-hmm. because you, you saw it. They subbed him out right away. It was just. It was terrible. It, I agree. He just played terrible. He looked lost. He didn't know what he was supposed to do, and rightfully so. He never plays that position. He doesn't play it in club. He doesn't play it in on the national team. Yeah, no, not not thrilled by that uh, pick at all. So we have our, our, our midfielder. So now we need to go and – actually, we need one more midfielder. I'm sorry. One more. Uh, let's see. Um, Gosh. Well, Corona? I, I, we've got Joe Corona on here. Oh, okay. Not, is it Lee Wynn? Is it Danny Williams? Is it Alfredo Morales? Oh, boy. I mean, Lee Wynn has played great just in general, but I don't know if that's something that fans are going to want. Like, if Klinsman's going to want Lee Wynn. That's, my, that's where my, my yeah. hold-up is with him. Yeah. I, he has played incredibly well on New England's. He has. On, in New England's squad. And it, Do we want to give it to him? I think, I think he should. Honestly, I, I, with the remainder of the team I, uh, that's, that's available, I think um, Lee Wynn definitely makes it. But it's, uh, yeah, it, it's it's gonna be it would be a toss up for with the remainder of those players. Understandable, yeah. We are in the process of making our twenty three man roster uh, for the USA versus Mexico game that is taking place on October tenth. Uh, Corey Plath here alongside Baxter Colburn. All right, Corey, on to the forwards. We need five forwards, and then we are all good to go with this roster. Let's be honest, Dempsey can go there. Yep. As much as it pains me, Altador can go there. Which I. Still don't understand why. Yeah. I mean, he. I get it. They they're hoping for this being that's yeah. going to appear, and he never does. Nope, nope, exactly. Aaron Johansson will make it. Then you're left with Alan Gordon, Jordan Morris, and Chris Wondolowski and Bobby Wood. Now, if you were smart, if you were a Klinsman, you would take Bobby Wood and Jordan Morris, and you would tell Alan Gordon and Chris Wondolowski to take a hike. I know but, you're a Klinsman. He's going to grab Wando. Yeah, I know for a fact. 
Although he did have a really nice uh, pocket Wando, goal. Yeah, well, that's what Wando was good at. That was pocket goals, unless it's you know the World Cup in Belgium. We won't talk well, about that. Yeah, that was a doorstep pocket goal, and he yeah. was like, "I'm going to kick it over the goal." That was still. That's still a little. <laughs> Sorry about that. Didn't mean to open that wound. Um, who's the last spot go to? Jordan, Bobby. I would give it to Bobby, but I don't know if Jurgen will. I feel like he sees something in Jordan Morris. Jordan scored but, last time he played against Mexico. Yeah, and I. I feel like I feel like he's, he sees something in Morris that I don't know if the rest of us see, but I would say Bobby Wood. Okay, Bobby Wood it is. Bobby Wood it is. All right, Corey. Well, our official twenty-three man roster for the USA versus Mexico game is done. We have Brad Guzan and Tim Howard. We only we, have twenty-two. No, we have twenty-three. Oh, I didn't see that. I I'm apologize. Sorry. Twenty-three. Yep. Uh, defenders: We have Matt Beasler, Tim Ream, DeAndre Yedlin, Ventura Alvarado, Demarcus Beasley, John Brooks. It's John Brooks. Sorry, I had to go with that. Uh, and Greg Garza. Midfielders: Jassy Zardes, Michael Bradley, Graham Zusi, Fabian Johnson, Mix Discarud, Jermaine Jones, Alejandro Bedoya, Joe Corona. That's my Sharona. Mm-hmm. Lee Wynn. And then your forwards are Clint Dempsey, Josie Altidore, Aaron Johansson, Chris Wanda Wandalowski, and Bobby Wood. It's not a terrible roster. No, that's you can work with it. Yeah, definitely can. I. But, but it'll be interesting to see how close Klinsman does get yes. to this. And we need to be realistic. There'll be one less midfielder, and there will be another goalie. There, they yes. will bring three goalies. We Which, only chose two goalies because I it's don't foolish know why. To bring three. For one game, I don't know why you need three goalies. You don't. I don't see a situation in which two get, get hurt or one gets no. carded. And thrown out of the game, I especially yeah. So, I, if Tim Howard could would be the one to get carded and thrown out of the game, yeah. So my my provisional pick will be Ramondo. Yeah, I would agree. No offense, Bill Hamid, but not happening. Well, that's a pretty interesting roster we got there. We'll see what ends up happening as Klinsman begins camp with his players here in the coming weeks. But one more time, Brad Guzan, Tim Howard, Beasley, Reem, Yudlin, Alvarado, Beasley, Brooks, Garza, Zardes, Bradley, Zusi, Johnson. Uh, Discarude, Jones, Bedoya, Corona, Win, Dempsey, Altador, Johansson, Wondolowski, and Bobby Wood. Let us know your thoughts about it. You can tweet us at 2UpFrontSoccer, at Baxter Colburn, at CPLAS10. Let us know what you think about it. And just uh, if you think that we're crazy, if you think Klinsman will do something totally different, which we know he will. But even still, let us know your thoughts. We'll be right back. This is 2UpFront.
Welcome back to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn, joined alongside Corey Plath. Welcome back inside the studio. Welcome back to you, Corey. How are you doing today? Fabulous. You enjoying the show? Having a good time? Oh, always. Oh, sure. Don't yeah, you know? betcha. Yeah, betcha. This is one of the best but shows. But see, I can do that because I'm Minnesotan. Minnesota. I just feel like anyone like who's not from there. It's because I'm from Florida. Well, you just you just can't pull it off. I suppose. I suppose. Well, uh, Corey, before we get to our I Believe segment, I decided to call an audible on you, an Omaha, a New York Bozo, uh, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) New York Bozo. I think I heard Buttkiss in the last in the Packers. Oh, he has said that. Packers, Cowboys, yeah. Buttkiss, Buttkiss. I think that's a dummy call. I if I'm so. not, if I'm not mistaken, he called it a lot. So I mean, he was a dummy that was calling it. Anyway, Corey, we are going to square off in a three-round oh, soccer quiz. Oh, no. Is this the same app that you used? Yes, this it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> we are going to be playing soccer quizzes from QuizUp. Thank you, QuizUp. Appreciate you. You're awesome. We will pick three different categories, Corey, and we will go back and forth. So that way, you know, we both get to get to go. There are seven total questions. Whoever has the most correct answers after three rounds wins, blah, blah, blah. There's really nothing at stake at this, so you can relax, unless you want there to be. No, no. I'm, yeah, let's, okay. let's keep it at no stakes. Fair enough. All right. Well, uh, the categories tonight, Corey, will be soccer team locations, soccer in general, and women's soccer. Okay. What would you like to start with? Oh, let's get it out of the way. Soccer team locations. Soccer team locations. Kicking it all over the world, as they have to say here on the app. Jeez. All right, Corey. Don't be. You're fine. You got this. Uh, You will be able to see. It's multiple choice, so I will read the question, but you'll be able to see the screen in case you don't don't catch everything that I say. Are you ready? Keep track of your score because things happen quickly. First question, Corey. Here we go. San Lorenzo are a top-flight Argentina team based in which city? Buenos Aires, Cordoba, Alanis, or Rosario? I'm going to say Alanis. That is incorrect. The correct it's answer Buenos. is Buenos Aires. Shoot. Question number two. What team plays at the DW Stadium? Wigan Athletic, Fulham, Crystal Palace, or Hull City? Uh, Fulham. That is incorrect. The correct answer Wigan? is Wigan. Jeez. 0 for 2. Question number three. Like Grant. What MLS team plays at BBVA Compass Stadium? Toronto FC, the Dynamo, Chicago Fire, FC Dallas. Uh, Dynamo? That is correct. I saw the orange. Yeah, I mean, I knew that too. Question four. What does the AC in the football club FC Santa Claus AC stand for? Atlantic Current, Arctic Circle, Atlantic Association, and Arctic Competition. Uh, uh, Arctic, uh, Atlantic Current? That is... Incorrect. Arctic Circle? Arctic really? Arctic Circle. Who'd have guessed? Wow. What MLS team plays at Sporting Park? Sporting KC, Real Salt Lake, Red Bulls, Montreal. I'm going to say Sporting KC. That would be correct, oh, Corey. Man. Well done. Is that two correct I answers? have two so far. Round uh, Question six. Which Scottish team plays at Starks Park? Greenock Morton, Rath Rovers, Livingston, or Hamilton Academical? I'm going to say Livingston. Incorrect. I, yeah, I had no idea. Rath Rovers. Final question. Oh, boy. Which Scottish team plays at Ibrox, Rangers, Aberdeen, Motherwell, or Celtic? Let's say Aberdeen. That is incorrect. Celt- correct answer was Rangers. That happens. Holy cow. You got two. You got two, Corey. Oh, man. Not bad. Well, it's out of the way. It's out of the way. Got locations. Now it's my turn, so now you get to ask me the questions. 
So I'm excited. I get to talk. Woo! Yes, you get to talk. The mic is yours, Corey. How do you feel uh, for these I, few moments of power that you now possess over I, me? I, I, it's incredible. Okay. I've never felt this way. Game on. Game on. Round one. Here we go. Which of these stadiums has the highest capacity? Friends Arena, Amsterdam Arena, Celtic Park, or St. James Park? Amsterdam. Amsterdam is incorrect. Celtic Park. What? Amsterdam Arena is massive. Round two. When was the World Cup tournament first located in Italy? 1990, 1966, 1934, or 1954? Let's go 54. 54 is incorrect. It was 34. Like hell it was. Round three. Red Star Stadium is the national soccer stadium in which country? Macedonia, Russia, Greece, or Serbia? Oh, gosh. Uh, Macedonia? No. It was Serbia. Crap. Round four. Not doing well. What team plays at Edward Park? Blackburn Rovers, Southampton, Leicester City, or Sheffield United? Uh, Let's go Southampton. Ugh. It was Blackburn Rovers. That was my second guess. Should have gone Round with my gut. Round five. Not doing Where did well. Barcelona win the 1997 European Winners Cup? Rotterdam, Athens, London, or Rome? Let's go Athens. Oh, my gosh. It was Rotterdam. How was I supposed to know? I have no idea. Round six. Not doing was well. was the capacity of Estatico Azteca Stadium in Me- Mexico City? 105K, 145K, 85K, 125 105? 105 yeah! is correct. Woo! Got one. It's a one-point game, Corey. Bonus round. Soccer City is national soccer stadium in which country? Uganda, Nigeria, South Africa, Cameroon. South Africa. It's yes. correct. I got two. Two to two. Okay. All right. All right. I see you. All right, boy. So next, what would you like to do? I think it's your time to pick. I'm going to go women's soccer. Okay, let's women's do it. Women's soccer. Let's see. Uh, I have to get this app on my phone. Quiz up. I recommend it. Get quiz oh, up. Oh, it's it's a lot of fun. Do it. It's a lot of fun. Play with your friends. Corey and I are tied two apiece in our soccer quiz. Three rounds. Winner takes all. And we are now on the women's soccer questions. First question for you, Corey. Which country, along with Sweden, hosted the 97 UEFA Women's Championship? Netherlands, Italy, Denmark, Norway. Let's say uh, Denmark? Incorrect. That was Norway. Norway. Did you know that? I did not. Oh. I did not. I did not. One of the top two scorers of all time at the Women's World Cup is Kristen Lilly. What country did she play for? China, Canada, the U.S., or Brazil? Uh, oh, boy. I don't know. Canada? That is it's incorrect. It was the United States. Darn it. How did you not know who Christine Lilly I is? don't know. I blanked on that. WSL team Chelsea's player Heidi Legadal is which nationality? French, Swedish, Canadian, Belgian. Uh, I'm going to say Swedish. That is correct. You have one point. One point. Okay. I see Hedvig. you. I don't know. Question four. Which of these countries begins with the letter C did not qualify for the 2015 Women's World Cup? China, Cuba, Canada, Cameroon. It was Cuba. That is correct. Two points. Doing good. Doing good. Three questions left. Here we go. One of the players to make the most appearances at the Women's World Cup is Formiga, but which country did she play for? U.S., Australia, Nigeria, Brazil. I'm going to say Brazil. That is correct. Well done. Well done. Three points. Woo! All right. Here we go. Which country were banned from taking part in the 2015 World Cup due to drug use? Iran, Argentina, Australia, North Korea. I should know this. I don't. Um, I don't either. Uh, Iran? That is incorrect. The correct answer North is North Korea. Of course it was. How do they even have drugs in North Korea? I, I don't know how they have a soccer team. Here we go. Which country won the silver medal at the 96 Summer Olympics? Uh, Norway, Germany, China, Brazil. Uh, yeah. 
Brazil. Incorrect. Germany? China. China. Oh. Woo. All right. You got three. So you now lead five to two. Not bad. Not bad at all. I'm ready, though. I feel confident about Let's my, do my knowledge in women's soccer. Corey and I are playing a soccer showdown. He currently leads me five to two. Three rounds, seven questions each round. We're now on women's soccer. We played soccer team locations in the first round. Round one for women's soccer. Which American National Women's Soccer League play home matches in Marine Hendricks Field? Portland Thorns FC, Sky Blue FC, Seattle Rain FC, or Washington Spirit? Let's go Sky Blue. Sky Blue is incorrect. No, Washington. It was Washington Spirit. Dang it. Round two. WSL Team Liverpool's player, Katrine, oh my goodness, is which nationality? Icelandic, uh, Canadian, Icelandic. Belgian, or French? Icelandic yeah. is correct. Boom. Osmar Dottir. I don't even know how to pronounce oh boy. that. Round three, which country runners up in the Women's World Cup in 1995? Germany, Norway, United States, or China? China. China is uh, incorrect. It was Germany. Germany. Dang it. I knew it was one of the big three. Round four, which country won the UEFA Women's Championship in 1991? Sweden, Germany, England, or France? Let's go with the French. France oh, is you let incorrect. Me down, France. Germany again. How am I supposed to know that? Let's be honest. Round really. five, the home shirts of WSL team Birmingham City are which predominantly which color? White, pink, blue, or green? Blue. Blue is correct. Yeah. Two points. Two points. Here we go. Here we go. Round six. Which country hosted the first Women's World Cup in 1991? China, Sweden, United States, or Germany? Germany. Germany is incorrect. It was China. I mean, come on. I don't know how you're supposed to know this. Who captained the American team in 2015 World Cup? Christine Rampone, Christine Sinclair, Wendy, Renard, or Nadine Enger? Rampone. Boom. Rampone. Three points. We are tied at five going into the final round, Corey. I want to know how uh, David Kenyon would do on this. On women's soccer? Uh, I, don't he, I don't know if he'd do any well. I don't know. We might have to, ask, might have to quiz him. All right. The final category is general soccer knowledge. General. Corey and I are in our final round of our soccer showdown on Quiz Up. We both are tied at five apiece. These are huge. These are huge, huge, huge. Oh, let's do this. Here we go. Final round. Are you ready, Corey? No. Okay. Question one. Who won the Ballon d'Or in 2012? Ronaldo, Messi, Iniesta, or Xavi? Uh, Messi. It was Ren- yeah, Correct. It was. Oh. One point. It's a pretty safe guess. Who was England's manager during the 2002 FIFA World Cup Finals? Terry Venables, Sir Bobby Robinson, Sven Gordon Eriksson, or Graham Taylor? Robinson. Incorrect. Sven Goran Eriksson. Huh. Question three. The 2013-2014 Etihad Airways sponsored which team? City, Man City, PSG, Liverpool, Chelsea. Uh, oh, boy. Airways, uh, Man City. Correct. Two points for Corey. I kept thinking Arsenal. I know it's not no, Arsenal. They're fly. Well, they are Flamorates, yeah. Who won the Scottish Premier League in 2012-2013? Rangers, Motherwell, Celtic, Hearts. Celtic. Correct. Three points for Corey. Ooh, baby. Keeping it interesting. Going into round five. Here we go, Corey. Three Lions was a song originally recorded for what competition? Euro 2000, World Cup 98, World Cup 2002, Euro 96. Uh, Euro 2000. Euro 2000 is incorrect. It was Euro oh, 96. That was my second guess. Second to last question, Corey. Which German team won the 92 league title? There was Their only one was in the 90s. Munich, Wolfsburg, Bremen, or Stuttgart? I'm going to say Wolfsburg. 
That is incorrect. It was VFB or VFB Stuttgart. Last question for you, Corey. In soccer, what is the position of the player that guards the goal? Oh, gosh. Goalkeeper, goal jockey, goal holder, goal saver. I'm going to say goalkeeper that for the win. Correct. Oh, that was a tough Four one. Four points for Corey. He has nine was, total points. I was going to say the kicker. The kicker, yes. All right, I need to get four to tie, five to win. Pressure's on. Lord help da, da, me. Da, Final da, round. Here we da, go. Soccer da, da. quiz. Corey Plath against Baxter Colburn here on two up front. The first time we've ever done a soccer quiz here on the show. We should do this more often. We should. I think I like That's a lot idea. of fun. It is. Here we go. Got seven questions. Got to get four to tie, five to win. Whew. I'm ready. Round Bring one. It. Gonzo Higuain turned down which English team in the 2013 Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Arsenal. or Arsenal is yeah! correct. I got one, baby. We got one. Let's go. Here Round we go. Round two. King Carroll personally picked the team. Which country sent to the first World Soccer World Cup? Italy, Greece, Romania, and Portugal. Portugal? Oh, no. My no goodness. Idea. Romania. I, my English has gone downhill. It happens, man. Happens. Holy cow. Which Croatian is known by the nickname Dari? Uh, Madric, Dario Snar, Vedran Kukla, or Nike? Oh, my. Kangja? Let's go with Mod- Luka Madric. Ugh. Okay. Snar. Okay. I, okay. Didn't know that. All right, no. The Danish winger signed for Ajax Jackson in, in 20, 2007. <laughs> Michael Laudrup, Dennis Romadel. Christian Poulsen or Alan Simonson? Poulsen. Oh, crap. Uh, Ramadan was my first pick. Son of a gun. Round five. <sighs> Who was England's youngest player on the pitch in Wembley in 1966 FIFA World Cup final? Roger Hunt, George Cohen, Ty- Terry Payne, or Alan Ball? Let's go with Terry Payne. Terry Payne is incorrect. No. Alan oh, Ball. No. This is second, the he was my second pick. Round six. <sighs> Flying Donkeys, a nickname, which Sierra club? At- Atlanta. Verona, Lazio, or Inter Milan? I should know this. I think it's Verona. It's correct! It's too little too late, though. Oh, well. Pride. <sighs> yeah. Who won Copa Liberatores in 2012? Montevideo, Boca Juniors, Santos, or Corinthians? Santos. Santos Dang is incorrect. It. Corinthians is the correct answer. Well, I have lost, unfortunately, this week. Congratulations, Corey. You have won by a score of 9-7. to seven. How do you feel? Uh, you got really tough questions on that last one. Yeah. I don't understand but that's, how that's that how happens. But that's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. But uh, it is time for our I Believe segment, Corey. I And the way our I Believe segment works here on to Up Front is that Corey and I will both offer statements about the soccer world that we believe will come true. So hypothetically, I believe that Jurgen Klinsmann will be fired. I hope so. Hypothetically. It's a dream. I kind of hope so. A man so. can dream. Corey, you can go first because you are the guest this week. I'd love to. Well, I believe Toronto FC will completely collapse. And to make the final two spots in the East will be the Montreal Impact and Orlando Orlando City. Interesting. All right. I believe that the USA will win against Mexico. I know. Why is that? Because dos a zero, Corey. That's why. Dos a zero. Dos a zero. That's why. And there's a key injury on Mexico. There is, there is, there is. Uh, and- what is it? Andres oh, Guardado is That's out for it. six weeks. What a bummer. USA, baby. Here we go. 
Corey Plath, thank you so much for co-hosting with me this week. It's been a pleasure. It's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. It's been everything. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. Thank you all of you for tuning in. Remember, you can catch us right here on Fridays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Sports Radio America, Live 365, and tune in. You can catch our show on demand anytime you want on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and on Spreaker.com. For all of you that watched on Periscope, thank you so much. We appreciate your viewership and your listenership. Tell your friends, tell your family, your pets, anybody, your stuffed animals. Your enemies. Why not? Maybe they like soccer. Well, everyone's a soccer fan deep down inside. Absolutely. Absolutely. And on Twitter, you can find us at 2UpFrontSoccer. I'm at Baxter Colburn. At Simon Proven is my co-host. And he is at CPlath10, our Corey Plath, our sub this week. Facebook, we are 2UpFront. And on Instagram, we are 2UpFrontSoccer as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. Corey Plath, it's been a pleasure, sir. We will see you possibly next week if Simon's unable to make it, if not in the future again. So good luck on your future endeavors, and uh, we'll be talking to you again. Yeah, you too. Good luck. Thank you very much. Thank you again for tuning in to another edition of 2UpFront. With our manager being the one above, we are 2UpFront. Also, you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus. The bulbous walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus. The bulbous walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.